Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutje. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadet. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we'll be back in just one moment with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and we'll be talking about something that you need to participate in because we are creating a new justice system, a system in which the intention is to restore peace. Isn't that the real objective but we'll be right back after these brief messages, so we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just one moment, so we want you to stay with us. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. 
I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe. Community Wise Your Conference and American Muslim 360 invite you to promote your organization or event on the number one Islamic radio station in the nation where your intellect is respected and your voice protected. Affordable rates allow you to promote your event, product, or service and strengthen our national intelligentsia network. Contact corporate underwriting today at info at cwsc.us. That's I-N-F-O at cwsc.us. Or call 910-317-0297. And we are I'm Together, we can remake the And world. we'll be joined by our co-host, Kareem Hamid. And we want you to call in, and you can reach us on the on-air network at 727 731 we begin with Allah's name, most merciful benefactor, most merciful redeemer. I bear witness there is no God save Allah alone, and that there is nothing worthy of worship or praise except Almighty God, Allah. And I further bear witness that Muhammad, to whom the Quran was revealed, is indeed Almighty God's most humble servant, and most noble and generous messenger. All the praise is due to Almighty God, Allah. We ask him for help. We turn to him for forgiveness. We believe and we trust in him. Mighty and sublime is he. As salatu wa salamu al-rasulahi kareem. And we pray the prayers and the peace upon Allah's most noble and generous messenger, Muhammad alayhi salam. As-salamu alaykum. That is peace be unto you. Welcome once more to the Airways of America and Muslim 360. Hold on while I share this public service announcement with you. We are grateful for everyone that's present. Join us live every Wednesday morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with host Naima Latif and yours truly, Imam Kareem Hamid, presenting the Female Solution. We look forward to your presence. As-salamu alaykum. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah. This is the broadcast of the Female Solution, and I co-host with, uh, with, with our beloved sister Naima Latif, the executive director and producer of the Female Solution. I am Kareem Hamid, radio station manager for American Muslim 360, and uh, I enjoy sharing the mic with our beloved sister Naima Latif every Wednesday morning here on American Muslim 360. Praise be to Almighty God, Allah. Uh, I think she may be ready to uh, make a presentation. Let me op- open up her mic and see if she 
is prepared at Unmuted. this time? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, I am just fantastic. I am grateful for another day of opportunity to share and we hope to inspire and motivate our listening and viewing audience. Uh, of course, I did send you the StreamYard link just in case you want to grace us with your handsome face on screen. <laughs> so you might pull up on your phone if you desire. Uh, we certainly do appreciate your presence here and joining the American Muslim 360 family for another stimulating discussion as we seek to create a new earth, a new future, a new society. And this, of course, is the objective of American Muslim 360 in helping people understand the spiritual principles by which to live so that we may do no harm to others. So today we want to seriously outline steps it would take to create a justice system where the intention is to restore the peace. We see all over social media angry protests about injustice. We see mistreatment of people, everything from theft to assault, and we see many people going to jail. And as we know, America has the largest prison system in the world, and yet crime has continued to increase. So that lets us know that our current justice system doesn't work because it has become a business and it has become very lucrative for those who are on the receiving end, whether they be lawyers or judges or even police officers that are hired supposedly to keep the peace. Too often their presence disturbs the peace because they're given quotas of tickets to write and arrests to make as a source of income for cities. So the way the system is designed, it's never going to bring the desired result of a peaceful society. We have to create that, which means we have to envision it. You can't bring something into manifestation until you can visualize what it looks like. And you can't create a negative to say we don't have justice. This is wrong. Yeah, all that's true, but what does right look like? And we have to see it in order to be it. So let us know things need to change. But building what should be is the only way to actually make what should be manifest. So we want to go through that process of creating because it is possible and necessary and our destiny if we choose it to be. One of the things that inspired me was the, the recent um, time taken for a friend of mine who had been the victim of assault to try to press charges and try to get an order of protection and try to get some kind of sense of safety from someone whose behavior was out of control. And she went through the whole process only to discover that the court system just wasn't interested in, in helping her, uh, either restraining the person, bringing about just safe. 
and she was very frustrated. And, and looking at that, I said, it's time for us to actually change this because it isn't working. And if anyone who has been ever the victim of theft or assault and not received some type of feeling of protection or a restoration of their safety, it's very frustrating. I had a friend who was carjacked uh, some time ago, and he went to press charges. They finally found the car. They found the person who stole the car. But for some reason, the courts did, did not choose to prosecute him. And so this person is still out on the street, still carjacking. And my friend is quite frustrated and angry because in, in the course of all of that, his car ended up damaged, and he ended up having to try to get a new car. And there was just no compensation and no help. And the police officer, uh, when he went to make the report and found out the person that he had that, that taken his car by force, gunpoint, uh, was arrested. But the police officer at the station said, well, you know, all we can do is do the job of arresting. If the criminal justice system isn't set up to actually prosecute these people, because there's been so much protest about, you know, having you know, all these young people in jail and so forth, well, there's nothing we can do. So, of course, my friend, very angry and frustrated, realizing that someone had violated him and nothing happened. So we have to take a look at this because, you know, in both cases, both people were saying, well, you know what, I'm, I'm sick of this. This is why people resort to street justice. I'm going to just go call Pookie and Ray Ray and have them handle it <laughs> because, you know, we have people who will, you know, uh, inflict bodily harm for a price. But is that really restoring the peace? And so in looking at this, I want us to look at what is it we really want to happen to people who harm people. Do we want them to feel pain if they cause us pain? Do we want them to be removed from society and penalized by being in isolation only to come out again even more damaged? Or do we want them to restore what they damaged in us? Do we want them to repay and repair what was taken from us? Do we want our peace to be restored by them receiving whatever mental and emotional help they need so that they no longer harm others. What is it we really want to happen when someone does something that is harmful? So today we're going to hash out and create so that we can actually manifest what we want. And so we're talking about how to create a justice system that restores peace. And we want you all to call in. You can call in to blog talk numbers, 515-605-9891, 515-605-9325, or you can call in on air radio network at 727-607. 5192. And of course, those numbers are streaming across the screen that you can call in. And we enjoy hearing your thoughts because so many people have experienced victimization and are hurt and angry and traumatized. But we want to actually create something that needs to manifest in our lives and in our society and in our culture. And mass incarceration is not working. 
People are still broken from the pain of whatever injury they received. So what and should do if they have harmed you? We want to talk about that and come up with a list of actions that should be taken so that there really is a restoration of peace. So that's our topic today. And, again, we invite you all to call in and, of course, participate in this discussion. You can write in your comments if you're joining us live on Facebook or YouTube, uh, The Female Solution, and we will share those comments with our listening and viewing audience. So, Brother Kareem, your thoughts? Have you have you ever had... Uh, have you ever had a, a situation where someone has violated you or a loved one and you've had to go to the, the criminal justice system, you've had to press charges, you've had to have someone arrested, or or maybe some maybe you've been someplace where somebody wanted to start a fight and had to be physically restrained and perhaps you've had to call somebody or call police if someone has stolen something from you. And maybe you got back the stolen item, and maybe you didn't. But either way, what would need to be done to make that that situation right again? And that's the whole thing. How do you make it right? And does locking someone up, if they stole something from you, make it right if you never get your stolen item back and they're not really sorry they took it, they just are sorry they got caught? And you don't feel any safer now than you felt before. So, first of all, you know, what are your thoughts on creating such a system that actually does restore the peace? Praise it to Allah. Uh, you, you know, we are all inundated with, with, with this rising crime. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, um, there is a serious concern about the rise in crime and uh, accountability. Um, you, you know, here in St. Louis, we had a, a prosecuting uh, uh, attorney, Kim Gardner, mm. and uh, she, she uh, was trying to address the issue of someone languishing in jail awaiting trial, awaiting trial. Uh, and her and those with her was trying to come up with some type of a mechanism or system whereby uh, they can curtail that period where you are in a holding position, where you are in a holding cell until your trial. Now, you know, and her intentions were good. I, I truly believe so. Her intentions were good. She uh, made it possible so that the one that was charged with a crime could either afford bail or they were released on their own recognizance. That means just on their own word. Um she meant well, I'm quite sure, and those that were with her meant well, because we know that uh, if you are poor, 
and you're placed under arrest and you're placed in a holding facility until trial, if you don't have the financial wherewithal to pay your bond, then you are held until your court date. But if someone has money, has wealth, they can pay their a bond, get out and be free until trial. Um, she had mentioned that that was not fair, that we are punishing the, the uh, poor, poor, you know, that, that they are being held, you can almost say, for ransom. And so she enacted a uh, mechanism whereby people could be out on their recognizance, just show up at court. But in the meantime, some of the people that were charged would would commit another crime, would commit another crime. Um, what really hurt our beloved sister is that someone was out on bond, and uh, they were speeding in a uh, car, and they hit this young woman. She lost both of her legs. The community gasped, took a deep gasp. The question was first, why is he out? He haven't addressed the crime that he's charged with, and he's out committing more crimes. So the pressure grew on her. Public pressure grew. And... Uh, she resigned. Now, you know, accountability, accountability has to be a part of the criminal justice system. We want justice. And it's not just concern for the one that is charged. What about the victims of crime? The victims of crime. I want to know that if someone violates me, assault me or something, that they pay a price for that. That is a deterrent, a deterrent that, uh, uh, that they pay. When I say pay, I, I don't just mean money, but that'll help. But there has to be a penalty. There has to be a price that lawbreakers make to protect to protect the the innocent citizens, to protect them. So, um, uh, and there can be no peace without justice. Even the victim wants justice. This man tore up my house. I mean, he, he you see what I'm saying? The victim is at loss and no one is repairing the harm that was done, that was done. So there has to be penalties, and those penalties should be broadcast, publicly mentioned, publicly stated, and sometimes publicly advertised and displayed so that those that, that witnessed this, it will be a deterrent for them also. You know, there's such a thing as public 
executions. I'm just saying. And and uh, uh, that is a deterrent. If you see someone, they committed a heinous crime, and they are charged, found guilty, and the death penalty is imposed on them. And what for real? I'm, I'm you. I don't. You know. I'm just saying. There should be. That should be a public. A public witness of the punishment for that crime. That may not make, that may not replace the items that were stolen or whatever, but there has to be a mechanism of enforcement, of enforcement. If there is no mechanism of enforcement, then we all stand to be victims and just move on. Now, we, we, cannot, con- we, we cannot continue this. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I, I don't know about Chicago, but here in St. Louis, there are people that, be drive- that they, they'll be driving their car, come up to a red light, and never stop. Just blow right through the red light. Blow right through the stop sign. And people have lost their lives. Some cars have been T-boned, hit, and the occupants of that car lost their lives. Uh, This happens on a regular basis. Why? Because they no longer enforce the traffic laws to the extent that they should. You see very little traffic policemen in this city, very little. And those that, 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 uh, that, that feel like it, they just break the uh, law and keep on going. But there have been loss of life. Matter of fact, that's how the young lady lost both of her legs. This guy that was out on bond, he is committing another crime. He, he's, um, um, he's doing almost 100 miles an hour and blow right through a red light. This young lady lost both of her legs. So there has to be accountability. The a victim has to, to, uh, to feel some sense that someone has responded to what has happened to them. You know that that's, that that we we can't get around that we are we are hearing a lot of conversation about the unjust treatment of uh, of uh, people that are accused of a, a crime, and uh, that's a reality. Sometimes there is unjust unjust uh, treatment. Or, or, or uh, uh, an unjust finding in the court system. But at the same time, we have to walk on two legs. What about the victim? Someone hits your daughter, she loses her life, and nothing is done? There has to be a system of punishment. There has to be a price to pay for that. It has to be. And it has to to be, inshallah, 
God willing, applied, applied, uh, 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 yeah, applied equally, applied equally, uh, because we we have to stop this burst of crime that is occurring across this country. Carjackings have become almost a fad now. They are pulling pistols on people, forcing them out of their cars and taking their car and drive off and may total the car. Why is this growing like this? Because there is no system, there is no, no guaranteed punishment for, for some of these crimes. I sympathize with the victims of crime. Uh, so our criminal justice system has a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. Uh, so that that's you know that's that's that that's one of the offerings and assurance of penalty and let everybody everyone know that will serve hopefully as a deterrent as a deterrent because honest citizens honest citizens that's just just doing what they do taking care of their families and taking care of their children and all of that and someone comes along, kicks their front door in, rob the whole house, whatever. There has to be a consequence. If there is no consequence, then others that witness that, well, I can do the same thing. But no, <laughs> he did it, and he got away with it. So there has to be a guaranteed consequence to serve as a deterrent, to serve as a deterrent and hopefully bring some semblance of justice, some semblance of satisfaction to the victims of crime. We have to take this serious. We can't, we can't soft shoe this because we're all laboring under and experiencing the horrendous rise of crime. There has to be, and the, the, those that are uh, governing our lives, they are charged with protecting our lives, our, our lives, our person, and our possessions, and our possessions. Someone won't, you know, wants you, let, let, let's say, in some countries, there's a death penalty that will be taken out on you for rape or murder. And part and, and in some countries, that penalty is they will cut off your hand or cut off your head. And it is to be done publicly so that the the citizenry feels feels some sense of security, some sense of safety, and those that may have that inclination to commit that crime, that may work as a deterrent. Say, well, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do that. No, uh-uh, 
because I, I see what happened to Joe. I won't do that. So my concern is those that are unjustly, unjustly prosecuted and those that are unjustly just left with, with, with the injury that the crime brought about. We have to be serious about this and look, look at it in, in real terms. Real, this lawlessness has to stop. There are young men walking around now. I don't know what's wrong with, with this government. Or they are allowed to carry military style, high powered firearms. High power. I'm not, I'm, I don't mean a 38 or a 22. Or no, I, I'm talking about high powered AR 15s. And we are somewhat held hostage to this law that has been allowed that you can walk around with a, a military style apparatus that can take as the, the idea is to take as many lives in the shortest span of time. This is very serious. And we all are victims, whether someone took anything from us or, or not. Our taxes go up and everything. So, so that's only one. Let, let, let me be careful when I say this here. That's only one of the solutions that I'm offering. There are much more, and I look forward to hear from others their take on what you are presenting this morning, Naima. Yes. Thank you, my sister. Well, thank you for your words of wisdom. You've raised some points that need to be addressed. And we've got a comment here. Our Friday and Sunday host, Beata, says, Grand Rising Queen, Kareem, you're uh, right. But we have to elect people who think like him. Well, that's one of the things that we'll take a look at because what are the values that we have? Whatever we see in our elected officials, they're a reflection of us. You know, we like to blame politicians, but we put them in office. We mm-hmm. made the choices. So we cannot blame them for the actions because they are a mirror of our own values. So we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about what would you like to see happen to people that harm you, and how would that restore what they damaged in you. And we'll present a few different ideas and see what you think. We'll be right back after this. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. It's my right, right quick. Even if they can't replace the full value of what they did, there's the satisfaction of knowing as a victim, knowing that I am being protected. I have a sense of security, safety and security. That's in some cases, that's payment enough for some people. Just let me know that I'm protected in this society. I'll stop right there, my sister. Thank you. That's a good point. I want to address that when we come back because that's, that's the reason some people are extreme in their calling police 
and some police are extreme in their reaction. But it's their misperception of what makes people safe that actually creates non-safety for people who are targeted by those who have the thought that actions are created or misbehavior is the actions of specific people who look a specific way or from a certain ethnic group or a certain side of town or a certain income, the presumption that we're keeping our society safe if we keep those people over police. And that hasn't worked either. But we'll talk about that when we come back. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, we want you to call us 515-605-9891. You can connect to the American Muslim 360 family or you can call in uh, Blog Talk Channel, Female Solution, 515-605-9325, or you can call us on our on-air network, and that number is 727-731-5192. And we'll scroll those numbers across the screen. I want to hear from you as we create a justice system that restores We'll be right back after this quick break, so we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Hi, I'm Naima Lateef, and if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody. Friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs. And our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, beauty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy it. We're your media connection. Just follow this link. And tomorrow, you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. Oh, man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out, and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. 
Join me and my co-host Kareem Hamid every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. We are broadcasting on multiple channels every day. And, of course, you've seen a bit uh, on screen our weekly lineup of fantastic hosts. We have such a wonderful team that brings you some intriguing information every day. We make you think and we make you participate in the solving of our collective problems because this is not something somebody else is going to do for us. We must figure this out and simply complaining about it doesn't make it go away. We have to create that which we desire to experience. And right now, as our wonderful co-host has expounded upon, we need to feel safe and We're not feeling safe despite the growing arrest, imprisonment, jailings, police presence. We are still experiencing criminal behavior. Why is that? Well, let's take a look at what makes people commit crimes. It is not always the need for money or they need a loaf of bread to feed their starving children or they need money to buy diapers for the baby. It's not always that. Sometimes it's just the greed of wanting what other people have. And sometimes that rush of adrenaline that comes from feeling powerful, stick a gun in someone's face and cause them to feel fear. People bully others when somewhere in their lives they've been made to feel powerless. And so they do these heinous crimes like, as Kareem pointed out, those carjackers, some of them who don't even have a license to drive, but they like the feeling of power, being able to make someone give them a car, then go for a joy ride, and they don't have a feeling that they're going to be punished or held accountable or made to restore what they've taken, not just the car, but a person's sense of safety and security. They've traumatized someone. But, you know, just like you mentioned what's happening there. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, Almighty God mentions in the Quran a city of safety and security. Yes. A city of safety and security. And that was achieved. That was achieved under the leadership and governorship of our beloved Prophet Muhammad, 
we pray the prayers and the peace upon him. The, the in uh, establishing the community and the government in the city of Medina Manawa, the city of enlightenment, the city of enlightenment, uh, they had no police force. Let me say that again. They had no police force, but it was a city of safety and security. Why? Because the citizens policed themselves. That is they had the, a spiritual makeup. Thank you. That is the they had a spiritual makeup that prohibited them from committing crime. And if you witnessed a crime, every citizen was obligated to stop that person, to hold to with to hold them back from committing or continuing that criminal activity. And it is described as a city of safety and security. Uh, I heard a report some years ago. There's two main streets here in St. Louis, main thoroughfares. Uh, One street is Kings Highway, Lord Street, and another street is, is, uh, yes, Delmar. An elderly woman was crossing the intersection. I don't know whether it was the first of the month or whatever. And she had a basket with her groceries in it and things. Do you know a guy stopped her in the middle of the intersection, broad open daylight, and robbed her? took her purse and robbed her and the citizens witnessed that and no one moved. Fear. Fear. Fear is a mechanism that the powers that be, they are utilizing that to control us, to maintain power. Fear is a strong mechanism of control. There's another area here in St. Louis. I, I, I have to refer to my own surroundings. There's an area here in St. Louis that was known for crime, prostitution, robbery, you name it. It was, and when I mentioned this street, I'm quite sure if there are people on the line here in St. Louis, they will say, yes, oh, yeah, that was a hell of a street. The street was Sarah. Its name was Sarah. And Washington Boulevard was what we called the whole stroll. People feared even going in that area. But when the powers that be, when they wanted to gentrify that area, when they wanted to construct upscale housing in that area, all of a sudden, the police eradicated all of that crime. You can drive through that there now. It's beautiful homes. It's so quiet and peaceful. 
So they and I'm can't sure they removed that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's where your priorities lie. See, so now, so I'm just saying that there are things that we must demand of our leaders and also there is responsibility that we must take also. I know we fear for our lives. So that means the, the criminal is holding us hostage in our neighborhoods, in our cities, that, that no snitching, snit, snitch, yeah, snitches get stitches. So it's yeah, our fear. Yeah. It's our yes, fear that holds us And yes. and you you only you only are held hostage when your fear of bodily harm overrides your desire for freedom. And you cannot be free as long as you're living in fear. And those who bully are those who desire the feeling of power over others who are in fear. The only way to defeat a bully is to remove your fear. But before we get to that point, let's look at the foundation of what creates the bully, what creates the wrongdoer, what creates the robber, the the shooter, the assaulter, the person who creates harm. You said a very key thing that is the keys to the to the answer to the problem. When you have people who don't have empathy in their hearts for others, they don't have the spiritual awareness inside of them, then their behavior is out of control because it's out of their control. No one can control you. You must control yourself. And if you have to be controlled yeah. by others, that means they have to use force which means you bring in people who are trained to use force and kill you, beat you, restrain you, jail you. That's what happens when, like you say, they decide to gentrify a neighborhood. They decide to change it from being low income to people who want to live in peace and are willing to pay to live in peace. Then they will remove those people who don't have self-control by force. The people who have, decided to live in a way that harms others that bring that action upon themselves. But what also happens in those cases, which happens all over the country, people who may not be harming anybody also get the experience of that force that comes down on everybody. And then we get these cases where people are angry because they've been unjustly arrested, jailed, prosecuted, persecuted, and all of that. But what we have the power to do to remove all of this is to instill in people that empathy for others, that spiritual awakening that makes them choose to manage themselves and not harm others. That's really the answer. But that's not something you can do by force. You can't Force no. spiritual awareness on people. We've had we've had many, and we can see them all over the world. Maybe religious movements, revolutions. Maybe a, a whether it's the, the Catholic Church, uh, even if in in times of the spread of Islam, you might instill a a 
a government based on the religious leaders and their teachings and enforce certain rules and principles. But if the spiritual understanding is not in the hearts of the people, what you end up is a very repressive society that still doesn't change the hearts of people. And those who have in their hearts the desire to bully, they simply do it under the guise of the religion. So we know that the real change has to be the internal change in the person, which means you have to mm-hmm. raise your children with that connection to the divine and that understanding of their connection to all other living beings so that they have as the core of themselves empathy for others and a desire to do no harm. That has to be at the root of how you raise your children. So that's our goal in our upcoming parenting class. But prior to raising a generation that has as their spiritual makeup the empathy of others, we have to deal with adults who don't have any of that. And they live by the desire to enforce control over others using power, fear, bullying, weaponry. And that's where everyone is fearing that we can't have public safety and demanding more police. But you have police who also are not spiritual. So what they're bringing is not peace. They're bringing more conflict because they also are operating not to restore peace but to feel a sense of power. So when you have people who are not spiritually aware, they're not empathetic to others, they desire a feeling of power, and they misuse authority, you don't have peace. You have a lot of imprisonment. But those who want to hurt others, they simply get the weapon to create the same kind of conflict that you saw with this elderly woman. We're out in broad daylight. She was not protected. And no one stepped in when she was bullied, when she was violated, when she was robbed, because they had fear. People are looking at what happened in, what was that, uh, Uvalde, the, the, the school where the shooter came in and killed all those children. And people were angry because the police, the armed police, stood outside in fear and did nothing. So even then, if you have a a public safety force where in the hearts of the people is fear and a desire not to be harmed, they're not going to protect you. And this is, if you look at at the history of the rise of gangs, all gangs come about because people decide they want protection and they're not getting it from the officials because officials don't particularly care about their lives because either they're immigrants, they're poor, whatever the case may be. So you get street justice. You get the people who say, I'll protect you. I'll enforce justice. I'll go and and give that person some pain. And that's how the gang culture arises. I mean, anybody who saw The Godfather, you know, as a matter of fact, if you saw all, all three segments, you saw how Don Vito Corleone rose to power because he was able to, to, to kill the man who was bullying the community. He was able to defeat the top gangster. And so he became the one that everybody went to for justice. 
and he built an army of people who enforced justice, and that is how all the gangs evolve. It, it comes out of response of people wanting safety, not feeling that the officials are going to protect them, and so those people in the community who community who are willing to step up and be that protector and enforcer, they gain power. But what happens? They also become the bullies that create fear. So isn't the force that's needed. It's the spiritual transformation that will bring safety. Now, many of us know this. How do you, how do you infuse that into the hearts of people? How do you create that when they see no need to do There is a very simple statement that's been used, I don't know, for centuries, I'm quite sure, but uh, have not really been truly ingested and, and, and adhered to. Love for your neighbor what you love for yourself. Absolutely. The idea of Tawheed. Tawheed means oneness, oneness, that we are all interconnected. We are one humanity. And when you see the suffering of one person, you don't feel that? You, you don't feel any empathy? Well, well you, 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 you have not ingested the, the idea of to want for your, your neighbor, want for your brother, Want for your neighbor what you want for yourself. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that uh, uh, we, we have an obligation to protect each other and the community. We do. We, we can't just put bars around our house and we, we, the, we, we, we're afraid to even go and sit on the front porch. No one... No, that, 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 and, and you're right, this is an internal job that must take place. Something must happen inside so that those that we, that we are a part of the society feel you. I see what happened to you, and I empathize with you. Uh, at one time, uh, I'm... I'm uh, in neighborhoods that there were what we call window-raising grannies. Window-raising grannies. These were elderly people that, that sat by the front window, the back wall, whatever, and they saw everything that would occur in the neighborhood. And they would tell it. Why? Be, because this is my neighbor. That's Mr. Smith's house. They're kicking in his front door. He's my neighbor. You, 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 you mean all of the men on that block won't go and defend Miss Smith's property? We have to make the logical and necessary connections with one another. There are connections that, that we have lost, that we are inextricably connected one to another. And that is an internal job. I agree with you. That is 
an internal job and get away from this individualism. The community is a group of people, families, children, and we have to protect and hold sacred the safety and security of each other. Is, 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 is that, so that, that old adage, love for your brother, what you love for yourself, yeah, we say that. But are we willing to truly ingest that, to let that sink into our hearts and our soul? You know? So it's not just the law enforcement. It's just not city hall. It's us as citizens. We have a, we have a responsibility as citizens in this country or your city or your block. You know, so 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 I'm 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 I can't help but express the victims of the crime. You know, and I, I know we got a lot of work on this criminal criminal justice system. Yeah. All I'm hearing is just lock them up. No, 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 no. Where 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 does the justice come into? That's the point. Play. Well, well we gotta take another. Yeah. Absolutely. Where's the justice? Well, we're going to suggest a few things and get your comments on that when we come back because you've made some points that need to be expounded upon so that we can actually create responses to crime that removes the crime, removes the criminal element from the heart of the person and restores the peace. We'll talk about that when we come back, and we'll share some comments from our listening and viewing audience. When we come back, you're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, joined by my co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family on this Wednesday morning where we are creating a justice system that restores the peace. So we will be right back after this brief break, and we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back after this brief message. So we want you to stay with us. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park 
on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we're joined with our American Muslim 360 family and our co-host, Kareem Hamid. And we will be right back after this short message. So, as always, we invite you to call in 515-605-9325, 515-605-9891, and 727-731-5192. And we will be right back to hear from you. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. And as always, we appreciate you for all that you do, our loyal listeners, and we invite you to join us tomorrow as we shop with Zoe. And our weekly lineup, as you can see on screen here, we start out with our Monday morning mindfulness host, Zelda Speaks, and Tuesdays we kicked off our first Show with a bang, gathering of the grill with Asada, and of course Wednesday today, Naima Latif with co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursday tomorrow, shop with Zoe, get great deals and opportunities for entrepreneurship. Fridays, health and well-being with Viata. First Saturday, success strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, the neighborship of joy with Mama Joy. Third Saturday, move around with Deborah, and fourth Saturday, the global team talent contest. And our fifth Saturday, we're going to be conversating at the Elevate Cafe live with our dear sister, Jackie Brooks. So stay tuned for that. And again, Sunday's Soul Purpose Healing with Viata. So we've got seven days a week. And we're excited because we get a chance to hear from you you can participate in our discussions. This is interactive radio TV. And so that means you're not just watching. You are above the show. And we're back with our, our co-host, Kareem Hamid. 
and our American Muslim 360 family. We're going to share some of our comments from our listeners, and we've got our our Monday morning mindfulness host, Zelda, says, Grand Rising, oh, wise one, yes, yes, Brother Kareem, very wise, and says, our humanity is in jeopardy. Let us all awaken to our internal humanity that cares for our neighbors so we don't wind up as victims. And that's part of what we have to instill in terms of what we raise our children as part of their value system, not only empathy for others, but responsibility for others. We are a collective. And if I'm not safe, you're not safe. And if you're not safe, I'm not safe. So I need to care about you and you need to care about me. And we need to protect each other so that all of us can live in peace. And she says, we all remember that nosy neighbor who sat in the window on the sitcom 227 from the 80s. Yes, she saw everything that went on in the neighborhood. And all of us got one. I believe her name was Pearl. Yes, we all got one that sits and watches yep. the real neighborhood security, that neighbor who always keeps an eye out. And we need those because they're keeping us safe. And she says, Imam Kareem is right on point. Zelda's here giving you kudos, Brother Kareem, for Sharing that praise to Allah, praise to Allah. And I want to throw out this this thought: If a person does not have empathy in their heart, like that young man who stole from that grandmother, that elder, something obviously in didn't broad happen. open daylight, in now, broad open daylight, he had no fear. He had, he had no, no fear. And he had no remorse. So what has to happen is he has to learn remorse, not fear of being punished because he did it, or real remorse for what he did. What is his sentence once he's captured by all the people who saw it and make sure he's removed from the streets? His sentence is to serve time serving elderly people who've been abused, which, of course, he'd have to do with uh, supervision, but he'd have to listen to their stories of how they were hurt, assaulted, how it hurt them, how it hurt their families. And he had to serve their needs, whether it be the work that he did, had to the woman that he hurt, he had to... His sentence, if he's sentenced to, say, 10 years, that would be 10 years of his income going toward this woman who he harmed and 10 years of him listening to the stories of elders who were abused, robbed, and hurt, and him having to serve them in some capacity, whether it's going to visit them in the 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 hospital and uh, you know doing something reading to them or or spending time with them listening to them would build empathy in him for how people are hurt by insensitive people and his labor having to pay damages to the woman that he robbed. And a period of time 
would have to be spent in doing these things until it's determined that his heart has changed, not because he is angry or getting beat up by guards in prison, but because he is, number one, standing the hurt that he's caused by he's hearing multiple stories of people whose lives have been destroyed by theft, crime, robbery, assault, and how that damaged them, how that damaged their families, what they lost, and his his labor, his efforts, his work is going to pay not the state, but the victim, the person that he hurt. If someone... Naima? That's what they are doing. They are are sentencing people to community service. Uh, You know, I guess that it has its place. Uh, Community services cleaning up along the side of the highway or cutting down some bushes or overgrowth or something like that. Uh, But the victim, the actual victim that you are pointing to, I think that is most important. Absolutely. They need some satisfaction or at least made partially whole, if not totally whole. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll just stop right there, the idea of community service. Well, see, that's the thing. You can have people that are cleaning up trash, and that, that's fine. That helps the city. That helps their budget. They don't have to pay workers uh, union wages to do that. But it's not changing the heart of the person who hurts someone. And that's why I'm suggesting that what has to happen is there has to be a connection between what they did that was harmful and the service that they're providing so that they understand the harm that they did. If they rob someone and they traumatize someone by pointing a gun to them, forcing them to give up their car, their money, their possessions, whatever they did, taking a broom and cleaning up the highway isn't going to sensitize them to the trauma that they caused. So there has to be an environment, and you know we've seen this. We, we, as a matter of fact, I think Oprah did a thing where she had um, those who had committed rape and were in prison. They had to sit and listen to victims of rape explain the trauma, how it destroyed their lives, and you know they had to sit and listen to that, and you know of course what we saw on on the show that she produced is that the person who had committed the crime actually felt remorse and sadness in some cases even cried because they, it's like they got it. They understood this is a human being that I've damaged, but it didn't, I mean, of course the show is only maybe what an hour long and maybe that segment is only 20 minutes. We know that that's a process that takes a long time person to empathize. There are a lot of different ways that you can help restore a person or create in a person who may never have had it, empathy for others, 
so that they don't have a desire to harm others. That's what has to be created is the empathy that this person is missing for their fellow human beings. And speaking of human beings, there is a program that uh, saw in one of the prisons where they gave each prisoner a, a cat, I think from a shelter, and they had to take care of the cat. And I think it may be, you know, an animal that had been abused and that sort of thing. They did the same thing with dogs. They paired up a prisoner with somebody who, with, with, a, with a dog that had been abused, and they had to care for that animal. And in caring for that abused animal, they learned empathy because they themselves had been abused, the reason why they had no empathy for others. So t- taking care of this animal in their care, it created in them or restored in them the human quality that they were missing, which was the ability to empathize and desire not to hurt someone. So that's that's the quality that has to be instilled in someone who causes harm. It's it's beyond public service because true service is to serve those that you hurt. And part of the service is understanding how you hurt them so that you can empathize and desire not to hurt. If you look at the, the, the situation that you shared with us earlier about what happened during the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, and the transformation that occurred inside the people that made the city safe. That's the only thing that makes us safe. It's the transformation inside the people so that they don't have a desire to commit a crime. But we're living in a time where people are committing crimes. And locking them up isn't changing what was broken inside of them. So when they get out, they commit more crimes. That's not making us safe. Policing is usually something that happens after the fact. Okay, well, the police come in and they they, they arrest you and you get punished. But the damage that you did, the trauma that you caused, that person is still suffering that. And they do have a, a victim program where you can go and get counseling and and trauma counseling and all that, but the person who created the trauma still does not have inside of them the empathy for other human beings that would keep them from repeating that act. That is what has to happen in order for us to become safe. We have to repair the damaged people that are causing the pain in other people. And they have to be instilled with an empathy for what they did and a knowledge of how they hurt people so that they don't have a desire to hurt people anymore. They have to actually feel the pain that they cause, not by them being caused pain by somebody else. Okay, we send you to jail, the guards beat you up, I'm happy now, you're being caused pain. Well, that's, you're still not understanding what you did to me. You need to hear from me how I was traumatized how maybe I lost my job, how maybe uh, I lost my home, how maybe I can't sleep at night, I'm having nightmares, I'm reliving this thing you did. You need to hear that and hear that and hear that and hear that, and we need to have a conversation about it. And you need to have to talk to me and face me and spend time with me because you damaged me, and you have to hear about it and hear about it and hear about it. 
And then the work that you do, you have to pay me with your labor for what you did. You're restoring me directly by what you did. I'm getting paid by Mm -hmm. you because you're the one who harmed me. And you're experiencing that as part of your restoration. As opposed to you being away someplace and I don't see anymore and I know you're in jail, but I'm still damaged. And you still don't really care what I'm putting forth as a thought to make you know, the justice system really create justice. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, ma'am. There is an, a, deeper, a, a deeper application that must be uh, enacted. Um, you know, we do things that are wrong. No one catches. No one saw us. We think we got away with that. But we'll do it again. And you didn't get caught. Huh? Oh, okay. I'm getting away with this here. But there is another designation, and we can't leave the creator from out of this, uh, the uh, affairs of human beings. Out of uh, Almighty God, highly praised be he. He mentions any who believe in God. Now here's the most here's another important part. Any who believe in God and the last day, the day of accountability, all matters shall be looked into, be they small or small or large. There's a day of accounting coming. People call it the day of judgment. You think you got away in this reality that we're all dwelling in. But there's a higher reality. There's a higher reality. And the creator loves us. And he will hold us accountable for the actions that we, that to me, that is the core of it. That's the core of it, that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to face judgment. If we can reach the human being at that level, then the human being has the power to manage and police themselves. Because I know Almighty God is going to. Hold me to account. No one caught me, but I didn't get away. There's a last day coming. It's called the day of judgment. It's not enough just to believe in God. You can ask anybody that. that, Yeah, I believe in God. But do you believe in the day of accountability? Do you believe in the day of judgment? That is real. That's not a hoax. It's not a fantasy. It's not something just, it's not just a fanciful tale that's being stated. 
you will be brought to reality. If we can reach the human being at that level and they truly ingest that, they hold themselves accountable. I know God is going to to hold me accountable for what I've done. Let me seek forgiveness from him now and hopefully go back and, and make some type of restitution, some kind of, 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 uh, of uh, yeah, some kind of making that person whole or, or never doing that act again because I know he who created me is going to hold me to account for what I've done. That is the core of, of civil behavior. I'll so, stop right there, my sister. So, Bob, now before we take a break, I want us to think about that because we have, we're here on this earth where people are of various levels of awareness. I could say consciousness. Awareness that we are all connected to the divine. Awareness that we are all connected to each other. Awareness that what we do to another, we're doing to ourselves. Awareness that when we leave these physical bodies, and the confines of a physical life, we will see clearly, and we will see and feel the pain that we have caused others. And it's not pleasant. And there are those who are aware of this. And so they live each day in that awareness, and that is what motivates them to manage themselves so that they cause no harm. That's a state of being based on their awareness. And as a result, wherever they are, wherever they go, they bring peace because they desire no harm. They manage their behavior. They manage their actions that affect others. And so in their presence, no one has fear. There are those people. And then there are the others that are unaware. They may or may not profess a particular belief, but they don't on the inside believe to the degree that they act according to a realization that they're going to feel and experience the harm they've caused others. And so their behavior may be damaging and harmful and hurtful and destructive. And in addition to that, they feel if they can get away with it because either no one saw it or no one has the courage to step forward and speak about it or no one has the power to physically stop them, they have no hesitation to repeat an act that harms someone else, be it theft, be it 
physical assault, be it any manner of violation, because inside of them there is no awareness that they're going to experience the harm that they've caused others. So you have two types of people on the planet, the aware and the unaware. And the aware must live among the unaware. And as long as the unaware are unaware, there is not a feeling of safety. So how do those who are aware and self-managed and desiring to harm no one, how do they make the places where they live cities of peace? Because they are living among the unaware. Those who rob, those who steal, those who beat, those who harm. We must help the unaware become transformed. And whatever punishment is given, whatever consequences are given, those consequences must to their awareness, their restoration of their own inner peace, their God consciousness, their realization of all the things you just said. If that doesn't happen, then whatever happens to them is not going to restore our peace because it isn't going to change their behavior. Them simply being punished after the fact by being sent away and locked up well, you know, they may work and uh, work for these various corporations that use prison labor, and they make uh, make some money for the state, which keeps that prison industry being a, a nice business, but the people who are harmed are still traumatized and hurt, and the people who hurt them are still insensitive. So if we don't fix that element, then all the policing in the world isn't going to restore peace. We have to we have a caller here. the damaged human being. So let's let's take that caller before we take a break. Okay. Erico eight one zero three nine nine. Please state your name and where you're calling from, please. Assalamualaikum to you, Imam Kareem Hamid, and to you, uh and to the AM three sixty family, Abdul Hadi calling from Flint, Michigan. And I tell you, a very interesting and concern for myself topic that you all are having this morning. And, you know, um, uh, one of the things that, uh, that uh, Naima, you were just saying about courage, you know, this society that we live in, the people, really, it's like overall the people have lost the courage to stand up because, Everybody got a gun. Everybody got a gun. You can mean good, but you got to tiptoe around everybody because you don't know what you might bump them or say that's going to agitate them to the point now they got and they and they carrying the gun, and now they 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 pulling the gun, they're shooting, uh, they're in an angry state of something that may. Like they say, their job or uh, uh, something going on in their family. And we don't know these things. And we're peaceful people walking out into the side. Like Brother Kareem was saying about the woman crossing the street, she going on about her daily life and busy not bothering anyone. 
but because some is a bully out there. And everybody's afraid to attack the bully because it might be bullies around him that is thinking the same way that he's thinking. And now you call yourself trying to protect the woman crossing the street and, and you know, you got everybody on you because you're trying to do good. But the mentality around them and the things that are happening in their life and they got guns, well, we all against you now. Leave that man alone. You know, we can do this. You know, uh, we got to... We got to get rid of these guns, and the, I know it's not the guns per se; it's the people and the mentality. But the way that this society is letting it be is everybody have a right to have a gun, and they claim that they are looking out for those that may have what do you say, mental problems or mental situations going on, and so they say, well, this person here can't have a gun because he didn't. As he was coming along, he had something to do with uh, mental health, you know. But that's not even working because I've actually seen people that have been in and and uh, 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 prescribed, if you would, a diagnosed with mental issues, a problem, and they were still able to get themselves a gun. So some kind of way, I know it's the people, but first of all, unarm all these people. And I know people are afraid to be unarmed because they say, well, if we get unarmed and then the police is armed and you got uh, this mentality of vigilante officers and things of that nature, so it's not right to take our guns as citizens and then they have their guns and want to carry out their animosity on us as the society. But I think overall, now this is just my thinking, I think overall if we could come to some type of solution in terms of getting order and some of these guns out of the hands of a lot of people that don't need them, we'd be much better off. But now let me tell you what else we got to think about. And this is not trying to put my thing on nobody coming up in this country. But we given an influx of these, you know, people coming in from other countries, and a lot of times they fleeing from their country because they done messed up so bad in their country, and we just letting them in by droves over here in this country on us. And this this is only hurting our society. So that's just my thinking with you all having this topic this morning. Uh, some kind of way I just... I know we need to help those that have in mental health, but some kind of way we gotta uh, 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 get some of these guns up out of here. It's, it's every everybody got a gun for what? You know, that's just my thinking. Thank you so kindly for allowing yeah. me. Uh, yeah, the precept before you leave, and I'm grateful for your thoughtful commentary. Um, I was looking at a, a program yesterday on YouTube, uh, and it, it focused on the drug cartels in Central America and Mexico. Uh, I, I would ask all of us to look at that. 
And you will see why people are fleeing those countries. The gangs have took over. The government seems to almost be powerless. They are well-armed, and they're very ruthless. And they flee that village, or they flee that country for the sake of their lives and the, and the lives of their children. Uh, let me inform us about the island of Haiti. Uh, there will have to be, and if I'm not mistaken, that there is a military force that will be sent to Haiti to restore some semblance of government the gangs have just took over Haiti. Uh, so these people are, they aren't, they aren't coming just because they can get, get, get government benefits. That, that might be part of it, but that, that's a small scripture in connection with what is happening in mm-hmm. Central and South America. Do yourself a favor. Uh, go on YouTube. Just type in cartel. Mm-hmm. And you will see why these people are risking their lives and the lives of their children. They are fleeing death. I mean, it, it is horrendous. They have just yes, took sir. over. I'm yes, just sir. saying, you, you, you know, we have to, to truly uh, empathize with. Those that are fleeing for their lives. Um, And let me say this, too, that you know what really endeared me to Imam Warsadim Muhammad? May Allah forgive him his sins and grant him the heaven and the high, uh, high station in heaven, the paradise. This was early in his leadership. And some... Some groups were opposing him because of the changes that he was making. And these were very dangerous people. They, he was informed, look, it's men out there carrying guns. This is before he came out to speak. And he thanked that sister for telling him that. He went out to speak, and he said, I hear that there are those among you, men, carrying guns in here. He said, but let me tell you something. There isn't a gun made that can kill me if it's the wish of Almighty God Allah that I live. Allah controls life and death. He controls life and death, not us. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you don't have anything you're willing to die for, then you have nothing to live for. I'm just saying, nobody can take my life if 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 it's Almighty God's will that I live. That's faith. We have to trust God. Yes, sir. 
Allah says, stand up boldly for justice, not mealy mouth. You, you know, I speak on, on the air concerning what is happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Sudan, the Palestinian issue. And, you know, some people may say, oh, Kareem, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Can I lighten up? No, God says, stand up boldly for justice. For justice. That's what we have to do. I'm just saying, no one can take your life, dear preacher, if it's God's will that you live. No one has the power to do that. We have to understand that. And don't feel. That's right. And the believer has to know that even if his life is taken by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that being done to him, it's a better situation ahead for him. You better. And here's one more thing. The innocent that are killed, and it's a lot of innocent people being killed at this time. Yes, sir. Almighty God says they go immediately to the paradise immediately there is no day of judgment for them they are they go immediately to the paradise that God has prepared for us and that's why it's our duty as believers and Muslims, believing Muslims, believing Christians, to come together and make sure that the word, that the world is filled with the word, with the word, and encouragement toward God, that the the enemies of God, you know, uh, uh, like you say, we have no fear against them, and that the enemies of God will recognize that they can't, they can't fight with God. You know, and, and hopefully, yeah, and hopefully, you know, that when they recognize this, that they will come to a better sight and insight of how they're managing themselves and being a part of this world. You're absolutely right, Brother ma'am. And we just keep praying for them. We keep doing the right of what we can do right. You know, I think about a lot of time of our brother Malcolm X and May Allah bless that, that that brother with the mercy and forgiveness in paradise. And, uh, you know, you look at that scene, and when when he comes out to do his speech that day, he felt something, but he knew he had to go on and go because this mm-hmm. was the work of God. And whatever takes place is going to be a blessing mm-hmm. in this life as well as the one to come forth. And so he went right on. He went right on. Doing what anything that happens, anything yeah. that occurs, it is either God's will or God allows it to happen. We have to have a hundred percent faith, a hundred percent belief, and faith. Yes, right. The reward is wonderful, and we gotta trust a lot. Paradise gotta- is real, though, but also. The fire is real. 
the hellfire, God says, that translates into, and the fire is reality. It is real. It's not just a fantasy. So let me throw this thought out there that both of you all have expounded upon, which is fear of death. And if that is what paralyzes people from speaking up, that is truly a greater imprisonment than one who is physically Mm -hmm. imprisoned. So if there's Mm -hmm. anything that our spiritual leaders have taught us, the great spiritual masters that that have lived among us have taught us, those who have inspired the scriptures that are now holy books that we follow, if there's anything that we should have learned and ingested and made a part of our own lives is the understanding that there is no death. There's merely transition back to spirit. So if we mm-hmm. have no fear of that, then we are not capable of being bullied by those who are lacking awareness of God. And as, as the man said, if it's not my time, if it's not meant for me to go, you can't kill me. I don't care how many guns you have. And that's real because we come here for a purpose and for a time, and we're not. Naima, I think you're on mute. Naima, I think your call is dropped. <laughs> I have her mic open. If you can hear me, Naima, you lost audio. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of Associated Internet Radio Hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insights, and interviews with notable personalities. 
Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online, all the time. To correct the problem, you know, sometimes you can't talk to certain people. Uh, Michael, I have opened I'm up the mic. I'm Cheryl. Okay. And I'm Naima. She's We're in a public service announcement. And in case you didn't the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and, of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all, race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. And we are back. Let's see. Are we reconnected with our American Muslim 360 family and our co-host Kareem Hamid? Uh, let's see, are we connected? Well, we're going to take a caller, area code uh, 773-956. Your mic is open. Uh, good morning. This is a Kufi. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, I just wanted to uh, confirm that uh, you know, all this death talk, you know, I mean, um, the, the kingdom of God, heaven is on earth. Uh, I, I, I've been experienced this, <clears throat> this fact for 30 years. That's why I've been so effective in um, my journey and my accomplishments. I found heaven on earth. And you can go in the Bible and read Luke chapter 17 that the kingdom of God is within us. Now, when you connect with this kingdom, all fear is gone because you're operating in faith. You have power over evil. Evil will bow bow down to you when you walk by. So there is no fear of death because you have the power of of this anointing of this kingdom that only a few have, have really found on earth. Well, a lot of y'all wait for y'all to die to get it, but you really get it now when you're walking around. You get it right now while you're living, while you're breathing. So this is why the, a lot of these churches are falling because they've been teaching this hoax and a hoax of, of this man coming out the sky to save us. You got to save yourself. The kingdom. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been living the 30 years. I got, I got power. I got, I'm gonna do with a, a lot of power that I hold back. Let me open up Naima's mic. 
Yeah. I said, I'm going to so, Naima. You know, well, it, like it's not about reading yeah. what I'm saying. Go to that word, Luke, Luke 17, 21, and, and read that and realize that uh, heaven is on earth. And regardless of all these hopes, uh, uh, newscasts, and all this negative, the devil going to do that. That's, that's the devil. A lot, of, a lot of times you see people die, you see people accidents. Those things are, 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 are Hollywood. They're hoaxes. Now, some of it's real, but a lot of it, they keep that in your mind every day. Chaos, 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 disorder. They keep that in your mind. But when you are, are when connected to this paradise on earth, now living it, that stuff don't bother me because I, I, I see what they're doing. Well, that that is the truth. Uh, and, and, and this is Koofy from Chicago. We're going to see if we can squeeze another call before we go. Uh, we're back with our American Muslim 360 family. Uh, I mean, he has pointed out a truth that if you're aware of it, you're living it because the kingdom of heaven is it. It is within you, and it is a state of being, and it is something you take with you everywhere you go, and it is what governs what you allow to come into your mind, heart, and spirit. And if you're allowing fear to be ingested in you, you're going to live in fear which is certainly hell that you're creating because you're choosing to put your attention on the hell. So let's go to area code 872-289. You got about a minute? Admiral uh, Nelson Bay speaking. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, how wonderful it is, uh, Sister Naima and Brother um, uh, Hakeem, uh, I forget what your name is. Kareem. Kareem, <laughs> yeah, Brother Kareem. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. uh, I um, uh, am finally, inshallah, going to be getting back to my house in 9110 Baxton. And I'd love John Alexander, your cameraman, to be there to videotape when I get into the back of the house. Well, well I'll tell the, you what I'll do. I'm, I'm sure he loves your, your promotion of his, his business, his photography business, very successful. I'll make sure that I connect you two so that you all can work out a deal and make that happen. We thank you so very much for all that you do. And for those who are seeking a state of inner peace, if you are holding on to fear of death, then you become subject to bullying. And I'm not saying that you should not protect your physical well-being, but what I am saying is that if you keep obsessing about other people's acts of violence, you draw it to you. And that's the spiritual science we'll talk about on another show, energetically how you repel acts of violence. Those who are aware and God conscious, that means conscious of our connection to the creator and to each other, we project an energy that repels violence. And it keeps us in a state of inner peace. But there are those who are creating disorder. And they have to be helped to become spiritually aware. And what we do to them when they create disorder will determine whether or not they ever reach that point of spiritual awareness. If they don't, then their presence will disturb the peace. So we have to help our brother and sister that 
are living in a state of unawareness. And the way we help them is for all of us to become those active, involved people. If you see something, say something. And then all of us actively involved in the protection of each other. And then all of us actively involved in raising the consciousness of those who are creating disorder. But that's a process that takes some time. And, Brother Kareem, as you gave us the example earlier of the the city of peace that is possible to create, we can only do that when we have peace within ourselves. So we've got time for a last wrap-up comment before we go, unless you've got a call you want to squeeze in, Brother Kareem. I don't see anyone at this time. Well, we certainly do thank all of you all for participating in this conversation. It's not going to be the last because we're going to bring in in future some various places where they've created programs that are helping to transform the lives of those who have served time and during their time in prison were, in fact, transformed is what we want to see happen among our human families. Uh-oh. We want to remake the world. We want to remake the world. Absolutely. So we thank you all for all that you have done. Thanks to our hosts. Thanks to our callers. Thanks to those who have uh, lent their commentary on our Facebook and YouTube channel. Join us tomorrow. We'll be back with Shop with Zoe. And we invite all of you all to join us and call in and comment and be with us on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif. Until tomorrow, continue to show your love. We've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsamida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyo, France, Merci. Spain, gracias. Italy, grazie. Egypt, shukran. Ghana, medasi. Nigeria, eshe. South Africa, ngiabonga. Senegal, 
Geret, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. And thank you all for being with us. And be sure to tune in at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Youth Podcast Training class at 2 to 2.15 Central Standard Time on YouTube.com slash the Higher Learning TV Show. We've got some youth for you, and we want you to see what it looks like when we put a different vision in the minds of our youth so they can create the world that we want to live in because we are creating based on the desire for the well-being of all. That is the solution. We'll see you tomorrow on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And join us for Shop with Zoe. And you can hear every show in the archive. And go to the on-air radio network. If you missed it today, you can listen in. And that's www.com onaireverywhere.com slash on-air-radio-network. And we'll see you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day.